Yo, yo, this is Justin, Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. It is a Zach Sang Show. We got Heather. Hi. Got Dam. Hello. And we welcome Sam Sui to the studio. What is up? Hello. And obviously said that right. The T is silent. Yes. I, well, you've well been... there's there's a lot of different ways you can say it. I, like, it's actually choi in Chinese. I'm half Chinese. Oh. So, but when you actually say it in English, you can say shui, sui. Whatever you want. Yeah. But not whatever you want. I mean, I'm sure the education process, as you've gone from being random average guy in Pennsylvania <laughs> to really YouTube cover icon at this point. <laughs> Thank it's, you. It's a big deal. It's the truth. You've been making YouTube covers for, for I'm ever. one of the OG YouTube musicians. Yeah. And uh, I wear that as a, a badge of pride. What year did you start? I started like my sophomore year of college. So that was like 2010. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your first cover? The very first cover was a high school musical cover. Um, <laughs> nice. I have this dance. That was, but, but that one was like, did not go viral. That was like sitting in obscurity. That's like High for School a Musical too. That's deep tracks. Like yeah, if you're gonna deep pick tracks, if you're gonna pick any High School Musical song to cover, yeah, that wouldn't be my first choice. We uh, we did do end up doing a Breaking Free mm. later on once we had gained some more traction. The, the iconic High School Musical, but uh, what was so? What was the first cover for you that really like changed your life? The big one. Initially was this Michael Jackson medley we did, yeah. which was like an acapella. We we used this like video cloning technique. Everyone's like, "How'd you do it?" And I'm like, "It's pretty easy, but um, it, it was effective." Um, yeah, we just did a big like mashup of a bunch of his hits, and that was the first thing that like hit a million and got the press, and we got to go on Oprah and do all this stuff. And that was the first like, "Oh my god!" Like this is this has crazy reach if you do it right. And, I remember uh, watching that cover. Really? And yeah, I do. Nice. It, it's, I remember watching a lot of your covers because you and Kurt had a style about you. Mm -hmm. And the two of you, I mean, from being a viewer, <laughs> it looked like the two of you really worked well together. Oh, absolutely. No, we, so we both actually grew up, he also went to the same high school, Neighbors. grew up in the, the suburbs of Philly and we knew each other in high school and middle school and high school and we both happened to go to college together and that was where we really started. He got into production and I obviously knew I wanted to write and sing and it kind of just worked out. We started right when YouTube and all these digital platforms yeah. really were coming into their own as like the new wave of, of the way people were consuming media, and I'm glad it all worked out the way it did. It's crazy. Who had the idea? Who who went to who and said, yo, there's this thing YouTube, and I think I can sing, and we can make some covers? Well, it was kind of like the perfect just sort of partnership, because he was like in, it actually started, he was in this class uh, learning to do music and video production, and he had some little projects, and so he asked me to come in and sing on them, and then together we really were like oh wait there's this new platform it's called youtube it's maybe awesome. a couple people will like watch what we're doing and and yeah it kind of came about organically but the rest was was history for sure is there a cover that you feel the most attached to that's a really good question i mean so I, the one of the the in fact still the biggest viewed cover is a uh, a cover of just a dream with christina grimmy which mm -hmm. obviously for a lot of reasons is really special to me you know it it has like a crazy amount of views. People loved it since the moment we posted it, um, and then just yeah. with, with everything yeah. that happened, it's, it's that's that's really special to me. But that will uh, and yeah. that will live on forever. Absolutely. No. All, by the way, 
all of Zelda girls' covers will live on forever, oh. right? That was her username. Uh, absolutely. Zelda something. No, no, no. She, Love, she was phenomenal. She's another, I mean, she, she was an OG in that mm-hmm. space. Yeah. And there was a nice camaraderie amongst YouTube musicians where you realized at a certain point that you had to collaborate with each other. Oh, there still is. You know, I, I think in general, being a, a creator and a musician in the digital space, like everyone who's in that area works so hard and is generally has worked really hard for what they've they've gotten and so i think there's just this inherent built-in sense of like we're all in this together we're really carving this new space that didn't exist before so they're really like my colleagues the people yeah. that when there was no one else who had advice on this new world because you no them. one else was doing it you we, we kind of well, figured it all out together it and, mimics yeah. the real music industry you mm-hmm. know and how people collaborate absolutely for sure what did you learn as a musician doing covers? Because it's not, obviously not your original words, but it is your style, it's your take, it's your translation. Oh, completely. I mean, I'm, I always am so grateful for having started and done these covers the way I did because it was the best like education in pop music ever. Every week, looking at the charts, finding the song that spoke to you, and then really like breaking it apart, deconstructing it, figuring out what makes it tick in terms of songwriting, in terms of production, and then you know reassembling it in either my style or mashing it up with other songs. Yeah. It's such a great way to like learn what makes a, a great pop song. And, and I've learned so much. Uh, this new album I'm coming out with, I produced over half of it and co-produced the rest of it, which is something that like a couple yeah. years ago I would have been like I'm a singer I'm a performer <laughs> that's what I do and I think being in this space it forces you to like wear all the yes. hats so now I'm like a producer which I never would have imagined and that's all from like the years of just picking apart these great songs and reconstructing them how long does it take you to to make one of these mashups because some of them have like a thousand different songs all in one and it's like a two minute song at the end of it totally it can take a long time for <laughs> sure I mean I've got luckily I've done it a lot so I've gotten good at like streamlining the process and usually now when I hear a new song that's just come out or whatever I I can my mind already starts spinning with like oh this would be cool if we stripped this down and did this this way or reimagine this this way but um but yeah luckily it's like it's the the challenge I think is to keep it fresh and keep it new for yourself so that it's fresh and new for the audience. So I always try to every time I do a new cover or mashup or whatever, I I try to approach it from a new sort of perspective. What do you think kept people coming to your covers? Like was it your voice? Is it the way you translated a song? You know, I, I'm not sure. I think it's probably some combination of a lot of things. I I, you know, definitely like put a lot of work and creativity into the covers. I know that it's the the internet is a space that has so much content yeah. fighting to be seen. Um, so, you know, you have to make sure you're approaching every single thing you put out with a lot of love and thinking, why are people going to want to spend three minutes of their day to watch this when there are many other things they could spend that three minutes doing? And I think the first step is just like making sure it's something that I'm having a kick creating yeah. and hoping that that translates into... And then the other thing, too, is like you, you rely on virality, you know, because I'm sure totally. you have a ton of subscribers and people would tune in from cover to cover, but, mm-hmm. like, having that big hit... Yeah. A, a, major, like, a majority of your notoriety comes from having those viral moments. Of course, so yeah. That, that also creates pressure as a creator. For sure, for sure. I mean, it, you... And I think the way that you, you, you know, sort of can approach that best is finding the balance between, right, something that has artistic integrity and that I like doing, but also then getting into the mind of the fans and the fans that support you and saying, what about this that I'm making is going to make them love it so much or find it so interesting that they want to post it to their socials yeah. as, you know, saying something about themselves. And I think once you can get into that mindset, you can start to to at least think in ways of setting yourself up for things that 
are going to get a lot of exposure and that the fans are going to like. But you also don't want to be a slave to the numbers. Like, I have a lot of friends who do YouTube who, like, I mean, they live and die by their subscriber count and how fast are they getting views, how long Mm -hmm. are they watching. And I think having been doing this for a while and being on the front lines of just this whole digital space, obviously YouTube has changed so much. The whole space is like every second there's some new algorithm or this that you can kind of track and follow so i think to keep your sanity especially as an artist and someone who at the end of the day loves songwriting and creating like you have to the numbers are important for sure and and it's important to be smart and be a you know in addition to learning production i've become kind of like a had to gain a business mind to a certain extent you got it also you have to like also just trust yourself and and trust your art and like not Right, live or die on like how many hits is this one thing getting? Because there's always something you know you can put out tomorrow, and it can be. It's gonna be somebody eating fake food. Totally. It's gonna be slime. It's right. gonna be making a room into a ball pit. You know, <laughs> any any of the That's nonsense fun. that gets YouTube views. Of course, you 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 see that culture, and like, of course, yeah. And it's you've it's been about there for a while. Finding the 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 parts of that and the parts of of what is at the moment popular on YouTube that makes sense for what you actually want to do because I think if you only are chasing what's what's new and what's flashy it's going to get old b- yeah. both personally and for the fans well, it'd be watch. you singing while making slime at the same time and then hey, squishing it together don't give me any ideas Zach <laughs> come on <laughs> is there a cover that you've done that you believe deserved more attention oh gee that's a that's an interesting question I mean the, the great thing about putting out as much content as I have in the past is that you learn to not ever get too attached to any one thing, which I think has been a great lesson as an artist too. It's easy, I think, when you're creating stuff in kind of like the little bubble of your own house or your own studio to like slave over one thing and and get it perfect. And the nice thing about the digital space is like you you create something and then you put something out and then you move on to the next thing. And there's kind of a beauty to that because you learn and grow a lot quicker. So no, usually when I put something out, I'm like super proud of it. I love it. And then it's like, I'm not actually going to stress about how many people saw that, what I'm just going to learn what I learned from that and move on to creating something awesome and new. How, yeah. how often do you work on a mashup or think of one and it just doesn't work out? Like you're sitting there trying to blend it and like nothing's working. Oh my gosh. If you go to my like my logic folder on my computer at home, there's like hundreds of projects <laughs> that are like started and are like half completed. Yeah, no, I, I won't definitely won't put something out if it doesn't come to fruition in the way I want it to. So is and it, I think that quality is what's important about uh, maintaining a, a channel. Are there leftover videos that never saw the light of day? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> for sure. There's there's some that are a couple years old. My uh, guitarist, Jason, has lost a lot of weight. He looks amazing. And there's this one old <laughs> video we filmed two years ago that I always threaten. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out. And people are going to think he like... <laughs> gained back all the way. <laughs> yes, there's definitely lots of un, uh, unreleased stuff. Okay, Cameo, that is your stuff, your work? Yes. 100% original? 100% original, wrote it, co-produced it with Peter Thomas, who is amazing. Yeah, super proud of it. So you're making the transition from covers to your own music. Mm-hmm. What makes you the most nervous? Yeah, that's funny. I'm I'm actually like not nervous at all. I'm just like chomping at the bit to release it because I, I what I was saying with like the fact that we I usually am releasing new music like every week a cover yeah. of this and that and the difference is that these songs I like wrote a while ago have really been kind of perfecting and you know making spending so much time in the studio making them perfect that it's so weird for me to not be able to just like do it and put it out and see what people think of it so to to sit on it and kind of like shape it is amazing and really gratifying but I'm just like so eager to put it out. So the fact that Cameo is now out is like, I'm so thrilled. Is Cameo, like, I could be reading this wrong, but is that about like a one night stand? Like, is is, is it? A little bit, like a recurring, like, yeah, someone that you maybe want to have a serious relationship with, but they're only ever sort of 
showing up at, you know, with that like 1 a.m. text yeah. and, and you want it to be something more, but sort of the frustration of like realizing, oh, shoot, this is this is never going to kind of move beyond that occasional cameo, yeah. if you will. I love I like calling that. a one night stand a cameo. You know? <laughs> I love it. That's all Dan has ever done. <laughs> oh. And if he has it his way, no, we'll no, ever do. No. Well, it's great to make cameos, you when know? When you say yeah. cameo, it makes it sound so much better exactly. than one night stand. Totally. I had a one night <laughs> euphemism. Yeah. yeah. No, had a cameo last night. Had a night. great cameo last night. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Let's coin that. I mean, is that a, a personal inspiration on that one, or is it you putting yourself into other people's shoes? A little bit of both. I mean, my husband is in the room right now, so Hello. no more cameos for me. Um, <laughs> Um, but um, yeah, no, it's definitely when I write, I draw from a combination of of personal stuff I've experienced, but also like I have a lot of, you know, super dramatic friends who lead interesting lives. There's a little bit of uh, drawing from from the people around me as well. Are you writing songs? Well, like how long have you been writing your own music for? Oh, forever. I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't initially start YouTube or start, my, you know, my music career being like, I want to cover songs only. for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> no, I've always written music. The, the My goal has always been to be, you know, singer, songwriter, entertainer. So, um, yeah, and over the years, I've, I've released original stuff here and there. But um, this, you know, single, which is the first from a new album, I'm super stoked about because, as I said, I'm like, I co-produced or yeah. produced the whole thing. It's very much 100% me, and I think fans are going to really dig the the vibe does the youtube cover art like artist stigma scare you a little bit because there it, 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 it exists totally you can't shy away from it i think what's awesome is that in you know as i said things move so fast in this world and i think even in the past year or two like it's been amazing to watch that stigma change and kind of fade away i think yeah. as people in the industry at large are realizing oh my gosh like having a huge digital following or having you know having ownership of this your own distribution platform online is like not just like this kind of silly fad it's like actually hugely important and can be impactful so i think as that kind of paradigm shift starts to happen in the mainstream sort of label system i think part of that stigma is falling away yeah um, I and i think i you know I'm so proud to have like been a part of that sort of movement. So, so yeah, I think people are wising up to the fact that hey, having a large digital following, being a YouTube creator is not actually that different at some point from, you know, anything else. Other avenues. Well, I think totally Sean, Sean Mendez is the perfect example of that. Yeah, hundred percent. And then you can you know you can match Sean Mendez. You can go back a few years prior to Sean Mendez. So, Do you remember that that duo, the the husband and wife duo? Yeah, yeah. Car Carmen. I, Carmen. Yeah. Carmen. Good friends with Carmen. Yeah. yeah. Very talented. They had two. I mean, songs at radio. One of them was a decent sized hit. Yeah. And for, I don't know. For, for after that, it kind of just leveled out. Well, I think everyone's everyone's journey in the space is different. I think what makes it especially hard, like I was saying, is that because musicians who are gaining this following through a digital space, because it's just a new phenomenon, there's like no rule book and there's no playbook. And because all of these algorithms and the way people are consuming things are constantly changing, it's like you kind of are feeling your way in the dark, which can be both an amazing thing because it's giving opportunities to people that never would have yeah. been able to do that. But it's also scary because you just don't know sometimes what the right move is to get your music heard or get it seen. And Because yeah. there's no rules, you, you watch your friends Carmen, you know, navigate the system. What do you learn from that? Oh, well, she has a new project, actually, Herbie. She's like has her new artist thing, cool, which is awesome. I, I think it's I think it's about just finding what what you can personally be passionate about and and making sure that everything you do is like something that you care about and just keep throwing it at the wall. And eventually, if it's if it's good and if you are actually genuinely personally invested, I think that reads to to fans. I think fans, 
especially nowadays, are craving like genuine, earnest stuff because mm-hmm. platforms like YouTube give people such a direct connection to to the musicians and the personalities. So like they can read you know, disingenuousness really easily, fans can. So I think it's about making sure that what you're putting I, out is like, you love it. YouTube changed what it means to be genuine via media. Totally. It, truly, it, it did. And it, it changed the way people need to have relationships with the people who are consuming what mm-hmm. they put out. Yeah. It's really, it, it's actually For the beautiful. Yeah. For the better, it's I think. There are, amazing. There are fewer like middlemen between an artist or a personality and the people who are consuming the media, whereas, you know, that narrative isn't being shaped by all of these suits who are, you know, throwing money at this and that. It's, it's authentic. Really, it's authentic, which which is special and I think is is empowering a lot of different underrepresented groups in media yeah. and it's it's great. So let's talk about the cameo music video. Yes. There's four people in yeah. it. <laughs> two girls, two guys. Mm-hmm. Is that Whoa. four one night stands that you're representing? Well, yeah. I mean, so for the the sort of creative direction of the video, I worked with this amazing director, Jade Ellers, good friend of mine. And we wanted to, through this kind of like artsy dance, tell, yeah, tell a couple different stories um, of, of different ways that people can kind of come into your life for like these fleeting moments and kind of like ships passing in the night. And yeah, we, you know, we knew we wanted to sort of abstract them. So, you know, they're they're not like literal. Obviously, it's all set in this moody motel room and it's there's these amazing dances uh, choreographed by Kayla Kopfleisch. Incredible. I'm so lucky to work with such amazing people. But um, yeah, and I knew, you know, look, I as I said, like there are many underrepresented groups in media and music. It's I'm important. Asian. There, I don't see many other Asian pop singers. I'm gay. And I think these are all things, all, all, all underrepresented groups that, that the digital space has given voices to. So yeah, I knew that I wanted the dance not to be about a girl and a guy or a girl and a girl it's it's you know gender was kind of removed from it and it's just about using dance to tell these uh these interesting specific stories do you think the sexuality of an artist is important when you know either being on the receiving end and consuming somebody's art or in the marketing of an artist um i think as an artist um you know any if you are a member of of a disenfranchised or underrepresented group, I think it is important and impactful to to express that and make that a part of your brand because I think what YouTube has done is, you know, there's a lot of, say, you know, little Asian kids when I was growing up, you know, <laughs> if I wanted to see a, a pop artist who looks like me, you couldn't really find it because yeah. those weren't the people that the labels were putting money into. Or if I wanted to find a gay pop artist, that was a lot harder to find too. And I think... Still can't really find them now. It's, you know, it's still tricky, but I, I think that that the digital space is, you know, cutting out those middlemen or those people saying, you know, you, your voice deserves to be heard. So we're going to put this money into you and give you radio play or whatever. Now the direct connection I think allows for, and I think that's so, you know, I get messages and, and, uh, you know, to have tweet conversations every day from people who are like, you know, it's so inspiring that I can find someone making great pop music who is part of this group that I just, you know, that I identify with, or, I mean, yeah, I think that's so so powerful and I, I feel that responsibility really heavily so yeah I think it doesn't have to totally define an artist or a person no, obviously, but it's a part but, of you but it's a part of me and I think you know not sharing that would be would be a missed opportunity and uh, y- your hope is that art is genuine and mm-hmm. it's authentic to you Absolutely. and it's an express expression of you that's so the, that's the goal you know I better myself yeah 
Hey, what are you thinking over there? Well, I just want to know how married life is. It's great. As I said, my husband Casey is in the in the studio. What's um, up, Casey? Yes. <laughs> Casey, also fantastic. Casey Brevis, fantastic songwriter. We we write a lot together. A couple of the songs on the album we co-wrote. Cool. Um, yeah, it's uh no, it's it's awesome. We put out a a music video last year of our, our wedding that people oh. like freaked out about, yeah. they loved. Um, and yeah, that's an example of kind of like being able to share something like super intimate and special uh, with fans that I think just helps to foster that connection that I really do feel like I wanted to, you know, welcome everyone who mm-hmm. supports us into that moment. Only on YouTube though. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Totally. Totally. Do you, I, I don't want to be like a, ne- a negative person or no. Debbie Downer. Do you have like a backup plan or the backup plan of what you would want to do musically if, you know, the solo stuff didn't happen or if you wanted to just, we like maybe give up doing covers one day? <laughs> totally. I mean, do like. You want to do jingles? Like, what, <laughs> hey, <laughs> do you need a jingle? No. I can, uh, no. There's I, a I lot mean, of money in jingles, man. I'm sure. <laughs> no, I, I think what I was saying earlier of the fact that I've like been forced to take on all these hats that initially I would never have, I never would have imagined, you know, I, you know, edited a lot of the cameo video I you know shoot and edit most of my own personal videos color them you know produce them mix them master them you do all this stuff is stuff that I never would have taken on had I not kind of found myself in this position where like oh I can create my own stuff and I'm so grateful so yeah I think the fact that I've learned all those skills like I am you know we're getting more into writing and producing for other artists and doing video stuff for other artists and so yeah I mean I will always make music and continue to put it out whether or not people will consume it I, I have no control over that but I, I'll never stop making it but um, I think gaining all those other skills being a creator has like opened a lot of paths for what I can do for the rest of my life what about like a YouTube label type situation where you house a ton of YouTube cover artists and artists and you help produce content you help yeah. I mean I think we're, of we kind of the does nice, that exist the nice thing about the, the the digital world is that it kind of already is that without needing to be a you know yeah, it's not a, official. a label right? you know what I mean we're we have a distribution platform we have sort of a marketing platform built in so it already kind of does have a lot of the resources you would traditionally associate but with you know more than the new up and coming artists I mean you've been doing this for a second even down An to old, tagging a video old the, pro. <laughs> but it's the truth I mean down to like wh- what type of end card works and like how to shoot a cover but also down to like what you're tagging your video as totally everything matters but that being said like you know a lot of that stuff is constantly in flux so mm-hmm. sometimes the the new up and comers know just as much if not more you know I'll work with with people who have only been on the digital space for a while and I will certainly learn things from them about like yeah. how they're what best practices and stuff so it's all about just staying a staying a student your whole life and like making sure you're constantly learning what the what the best way to do this or that is. Knowledge is power. But, but as someone who can do everything, what do you think <laughs> about these, or most things, yeah. what do you think about these other pop stars or musicians that can't write their own music, they can't direct or film, or do, they can't even turn a microphone on? I think it's more, A, part, you know, one part of it is that I'm just, like, grateful that, that you know, when I go into a video shoot or a, a session with another producer, I, I don't just have to be like, I kind of want it to sound like this or I like that or that. I can be like, oh, look, you know, the EQ on these vocals, let's take down this frequency. I love having the the the, the vocabulary and the yeah. knowledge to be able to do that. So personally, it just empowers me a lot as an artist. Um, but I, yeah, I think that I believe that moving forward, the fans and music consumers' ability to sort of sense that, that genuineness um, I think is going to become more important. And I think that's why people even, you know, like my music in the first place is they can read that, oh, this, you know, he wrote this song, he produced it, he was instrumental in the video and all that. And I think as you move forward, I think artists are going to start to have to learn all that because that's what 
fans are going to crave is they're going to crave a product that feels genuinely coming from the mind of that artist rather than a ginormous team and millions of dollars, you know, and I think there's more value to that. And Cameo is that, so we yeah. ask you to check it out if you get some time. Yeah, 100%. Well, what, what, what are, you said you're putting together an album, or you have an album, or mm-hmm. what's it's going It's pretty much all done. We have a couple singles that are going to be coming out over the next few months in anticipation, and then dropping an album toward the end of the year that I'm nice. so yeah. excited <laughs> Is the album going to be all you, or is it some of the other people you've done features with on, or collaborations? It's all me. It's all okay. me. Yes. Nice. Um, I wrote every single song, as I said, produced about half of them and then co-produced the other half and uh yeah so it's going to be very 100% Sam and I I am so excited because the the positive reaction I've gotten from Cameo so far from the fans makes me feel good that that what's coming is going to going to please Well them. I was going to so if you were to do bigger features in the future like let's say the album does really well and you have the access to do like Camila Cabello or Ana Grande or those would you do those or is it important for you to keep in the YouTube oh, no. no I mean I think what you're finding now is that the the YouTube lane and the quote unquote mainstream label lane are blurring more and more every day I mean artists from my world are getting the opportunities to work with quote unquote mainstream artists all the time and mm-hmm. and so I think you're going to find in a couple years there's even less of a distinction between radio artists and YouTube artists and it's really going to be just it's all one big music industry but it is all about what you produce, right? So it's that one song that takes you from the YouTube lane to the mainstream lane, right? Yeah. Right, that that one record that could really For sure. change it. Yeah. And then you win Grammys. Hey, hey. <laughs> That's on the I'm list, excited. I'm sure. <laughs> Become a part of the Samily. Yes, the Samily, my fans. That's his fans. I like that. They have a name. I like that a lot. Because, because I think that that sense of community and family is what makes this whole world yeah. tick. So it was a perfect fit. Bless you. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm like getting over something. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Stay away. Um, <laughs> That's why I'm glad. I'm, I'm on no, the it's good so distance yeah, right? here. Cameo, that is the single. Yes. The video is out. Listen to it. Watch the video. Last thoughts from anybody? I love that you sang God Bless America. Yeah. I love that song. Oh. <laughs> I don't know it's what Fourth it is. It's 4th of July. I was like, what, what should I do? Have should you I done do all of the patriotic songs over the years? Or just I Stop haven't really. America? I feel like that was the maybe the first one. What are you going to sing at like a, uh, an NBA game or a Major League Baseball game or something? Hey, make it, call up my agent. We'll make it happen. Yeah. you got to be his agent, Dan. <laughs> I can't do he that. He has one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think Dan. he needs me. I'm not going to help. I'm not helping him. I think he's doing fine without Dan. I will make it happen on your behalf. Oh, thank you. I'll let you know. Let him know. If I do the game, I need tickets and I'll cheer you on. Perfect. You give me free tickets and I'll cheer for you. <laughs> Sounds like a you're, you're a lucky guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lucky, lucky guy. Uh, we already know he's a lucky guy. <laughs> Look at Casey back there. <laughs> your, your boyfriend has a boot on. Uh, husband, I'm so sorry. Yes. Has a boot on. We uh, we were just in Vietnam doing a show there and we were filming this like uh, this like travelogue video and they had us play this this game with locals, which is like a hacky sack type game where oh. you like kick this birdie around. And by the way, like in Vietnam, they're amazing at it. They like don't even have to look and they're doing tricks and kicking this nice. up. And uh, they thought it would be funny <laughs> to have us come and like make fools of ourselves playing it. And Casey, unfortunately, went for, for an epic uh, kick and slipped and wow. broke three metatarsal bones. So. We got to make it clear. He, he kicked like the ground or something, right? Because when you were telling me earlier, I thought you meant like you were playing with, with like a, a metal ball. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> he kicked the air and like fell back and oh. like <laughs> crunched down on his foot in a very unfortunate way. Is that on video? It is, but we just saw the cut of the video and they didn't, I think they wanted it to feel like they had an amazing, lovely time. So that's not included, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the raw footage Need so we can like pinpoint the moment. Let's leave out the pain. Let's leave yeah. out the hospital visit. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Less of an attractive, like come to Vietnam. Yeah. Your foot. Wow. But Love it. He's a trooper. 
He's, yeah, he's proud of you. Walked in here. I'm perfectly. toting him around the city. Yeah. Cameo. That is uh, the single, and the video is out. So watch it. Sam Sui on everything, right? Instagram, Twitter. You're connected, and I'm you have been find, for freaking man. a decade. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, I think so. Well, you know, he called, he said boyfriend. Is it, are you used to saying husband, or is it still weird? I'm used to saying husband now. It was okay. definitely. It takes an adjustment. How, how long period. have you guys been married? We've been married for a year and a half. Now, takes yeah, a minute. Nice. Been together for like a hundred years. So. Wow, <laughs> and a hundred years more. Yes, yes. Love to the both of you. Thank, Thank you so you. much for spending time with us. It means a lot. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. Sam Sui, everybody. Right. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.